Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. The children of Israel had two serious problems, God's judgment and Pharaoh's tyranny. Although the Passover was adequate to save them from God's judgment, it was not effective to rescue them from the usurpation of the Egyptians to be saved from Pharaoh's tyranny. For this, they needed the exodus and the crossing of the Red Sea. Without the crossing of the Red Sea, there would have been no separating line. Today, we will consider the significance of crossing the Red Sea. And joining us for our discussion of these portions again today is Francis Ball. Francis, it is really a joy, isn't it, to be able to bring these incredible messages to the hungry people of God. It certainly is such a joy, and I'm so happy to be here to help with that. Today, Francis, we're going to look at a very well-known passage. The children of Israel are passing through the parted waters of the Red Sea. But we're going to see this today, I think, from an angle that will likely be new to many of our listeners The Apostle Paul refers to this story in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians. Let me read a couple of verses from chapter 10 and then have you comment about the significance of what we're going to see today. And again, this is chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. For I do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Oh, those are very uh, enlightening verses because they really pick up this story that we have before us today and see how it applies to us. Of course, it's not hard to see that this could very easily represent and be significant about our baptism. But this is really the point that Paul makes in 1 Corinthians, that this is a picture of our being baptized. And baptism is a big step in the Christian experience. I'm afraid many have been through a ritualistic experience, but not experienced the reality. And I believe today we'll be able to see something of the reality and significance of Israel passing through the Red Sea as it typifies the believers being baptized. We do want to enter into that reality and the full significance, and as you said, to escape just the mere form or ritual aspect of baptism. Let's join Witness Lee with our first portion today. The full salvation of God comprises three sections. The Passover, the Exodus, lastly, number three, the crossing of the Red Sea. In the past messages, we all have seen that Passover is needed for God's judgment because at that time, the children of Israel in Egypt were the same as the Egyptians. How the Egyptians were sinful and worshiping idols, the children of Israel all were the same. They were sinful, so Passover was needed 
for the children of Israel because of God's righteousness, because of God's judgment. But at that time, the children of Israel were not only under God's judgment. They were also under Pharaoh's tyranny. They had at least two problems. One, under God's judgment. And the other, under the Egyptian slavery. The Passover was adequate to uh, save them from God's judgment. But that couldn't save them from the usurpation of the Egyptians. Now, for uh, them to be saved from the Egyptian tyranny, they need both the Exodus, they need the getting out of Egypt, and also they need the crossing of the Red Sea. They need not only merely an Exodus, merely can't get out of Egypt, they need to cross a separating line. Once they cross through that line, they could never get back. We just like to spend some time to see this crossing. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 10, tells us clearly the crossing of the Red Sea was a baptism. All the children of Israel were baptized there. They were baptized in the cloud and in the water. The baptism was in the cloud and in the water. If you read the New Testament, you could get the interpretation. The cloud, no doubt, signifies the Spirit. And the water signifies the death of Christ. When we were baptized, we were, in the first sense, baptized into the Spirit. Or in the Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. And Romans 6 tells us we were baptized into the death of Christ. The water of the Red Sea signifies the baptizing water, the terminating water, the burying water. That is the death of Christ. The Spirit and the death of Christ should be one for us to be baptized. We were baptized in the Spirit and in the water. They were baptized into Moses. And we know Moses there was a type of Christ. Actually, they were baptized into Moses. It means they were baptized into Christ. Amen. We have been baptized not into any denomination, not into a kind of a practice, not into certain kind of a belief, certain kind of a doctrine. We all have been baptized into one living leader. That is our head, Christ. Francis, the children of Israel were fully Egyptianized, so to speak, by the time that we come to Exodus. We've seen in several of our previous programs that their 400 years of captivity in Egypt had a very serious effect on them so as to make them about the same 
outwardly at least, as the Egyptian people. But this wasn't their only problem we're finding out. What are the two problems that they faced in Egypt, and what was God's way to deal with these two problems? Well, these two problems uh, really are the judgment that was going to come on Egypt. This has already been uh, evidenced by Moses coming to Pharaoh a number of times to try to get him to release the children of Israel out from under the slavery. And it's evident that he's going to judge Egypt, and God's people are in Egypt. That's where they have been for 400 years. And for them to get out from under God's judgment is one thing that God provides for them in a very significant way by the Passover that was practiced there for the first time in Egypt. And that Passover was a uh, picture of Christ dying for our sins and the blood being applied so we would have the forgiveness of sins. And that solves the problem of being out from under God's judgment that was going to happen on Egypt. But there's another problem, and that is Pharaoh's tyranny. In other words, he would keep them under his usurping hand. Even through the Passover time, he wanted to keep them there still to be slaves to him and to his regime, which really represents the world. Satan is represented by Pharaoh, and the world is represented by Egypt. And Satan will do everything he can to keep even God's redeemed people from coming out from under its influence and his influence. Francis, as you mentioned, the crossing of the Red Sea was a great type of baptism. And as we heard that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, as we read those verses, what does it mean that they were baptized unto Moses? And how does this relate to our baptism? They realized Moses was a great leader and eventually was able to deliver them. But for them to get delivered by the Passover from the judgment was only part of it. And so they followed Moses out when the Lord opened up a way for them to leave. And they followed him as their leader, but not to that great extent. So until they came to a certain point right at the Red Sea, then things happened that made them realize that Moses then represented Christ. When they got across the Red Sea with the waters piled up on one side and congealed on the other side, there was real evidence that God is with this man Moses. So they were baptized unto Moses, and they took his lead from then on. It said they not only feared Jehovah, but they feared Moses, who represented Jehovah and also was a type of Christ. So for us to be baptized, it means that we are baptized into Christ. Galatians mentions this, that we have all been baptized into Christ. We haven't been baptized into some denomination or some uh, doctrine or some practice, but our baptism, though it is a very definite act of being put into the water, we are really, spiritually speaking, we are baptized in the Spirit and we're baptized into Christ. That's a very clear application of this phrase to us. We're baptized unto and into the person of Christ. This is far more than just an outward ritual or the joining of some kind of a group or denomination, isn't it? Very much so, and it also indicates that we are baptized unto Christ in the sense that we follow him. He is really the one that leads us all the way into fulfilling God's eternal purpose. We're going to look at Moses and the children of Israel and also the fate of the tyrannical army of Pharaoh as they pursued after the Egyptians. To set up this coming section, let's read a couple of verses from chapter 14. 
And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its level when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it. And Jehovah overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And as the waters returned, they covered the chariots and the horsemen, even all the army of Pharaoh that went in after them into the sea. Not even one of them was left. A very thorough conclusion to their situation. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. Well, Pharaoh and his army were pursuing after Israel, the Lord sealed their wheels. The chariots just couldn't run. They became confused. And then when all the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea, God gave the commandment to the water to go back to its original current. So this made all the Egyptians drunk in there. That was their termination. The significance is this. In our baptism, Satan and his word, his power, his tyranny, his usurpation, all should be terminated there. When we are going to baptize people, we have to teach them, when they are going into the water, they better say, Satan, come. And call all your forces. And carry all your power. Let's all go down to the baptistry. I go there to pass through. You go there to be terminated. We taught such a picture just by the plain word of the New Testament. We couldn't be impressed. The Bible says, saved through water. Noah and his family, they were saved through the water. And the children of Israel, they were saved through the water from Egypt and its slavery. That means from the world and its usurpation. Then saved to the wilderness of separation. That is a new realm for God's purpose. Don't forget what they did there in the wilderness. They built a tabernacle as a house to God. That was God's purpose. You see, this seething water separated them from Egypt into a new realm. In this new realm, there's no bondage, no more slavery, but full freedom to fulfill God's purpose, that is, to build a tabernacle to have God's dwelling place on this earth. It's quite meaningful. Francis, this picture in Exodus of the crossing of the Red Sea is really marvelous. What is the significance of the drowning of Pharaoh and the Egyptian army here? This really is a marvelous thing to see how those children of Israel went across this Red Sea. But even after all of that that had happened in Egypt, you would think Pharaoh would have given up. Much like our situation, we think after we receive Christ, he's our Passover lamb, we're forgiven, we're cleansed, that the enemy would leave us alone. But actually, he is not going to leave us alone. And Pharaoh didn't leave them alone. He even got all these that you just mentioned in those verses, in his chariots and all his horsemen and all these people to come after them. And eventually, after the children of Israel went across, 
they tried to go across and they were drowned. And this indicates that Satan and all his forces have been terminated when we go into the baptismal waters. When the Pharaoh's forces were all drowned and terminated and Israel was free from their tyranny as well as from God's judgment, you would think it would all be over. But in our experience, the enemy would come after us the same way. With his world, which he invented to keep us from God, he would use all those things which are represented by all the forces that Pharaoh sent after them. And we have to realize that when we're baptized, the same thing happens to Satan and his forces and the world as happened to Pharaoh and all his forces. That is, they are terminated. So we have to help people to see when they get baptized that they themselves are terminated, and Satan is terminated, and the world is terminated. We experienced a wonderful baptism. We had a young sister now in the Lord that came to the Lord very recently and had a horrible past and some very tragic things that happened. And in her baptism, she was in such an experience of joy related to this very aspect. She realized that she was really leaving all of that in those waters. It was a real rejoicing, a wonderful experience. Reminds me, too, Chris, of a young sister, too, some years ago. She invited all her old friends to come to her baptism. And when she was in the baptismal waters, she raised up her hand and said goodbye to all her friends and all her past. Well, Francis, I have to ask you a short follow-up. We know that by crossing the Red Sea, the Israelites were saved now from Pharaoh's tyranny. But Witness Lee points out in this portion that they were also saved into a new realm. Briefly, what is this new realm? When the children of Israel got out of Egypt and across the Red Sea, they were in another realm which you could call a realm of separation, a realm of God's leading. They were baptized in the Spirit. I would say he were baptized in the cloud and in the sea. That means they were baptized in the Spirit and also baptized in the death of Christ. They were led on by the Spirit to go on according to God's intention and according to his purpose. Now they're in a position, they're in a realm to be led step by step through the wilderness to God's eternal purpose of building up a habitation for his dwelling place on the earth. Well, Francis, I mentioned this baptism that we uh, had as this new one came up out of the water those that were assembled to help celebrate and enjoy this with her just spontaneously broke into song. That seems to be a common occurrence at a baptism and very fitting. And it was also the experience of the children of Israel. We're going to see that they too enjoyed singing following their baptism. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Right after the crossing of the Red Sea, you have chapter 15. Amen. You have a song here. And this song, no doubt, was composed by Moses. And Revelation chapter 15 calls this song the song of Moses. The song of Moses praises God's salvation and God's victory. Salvation was for God's people and victory was over God's enemy. Moses in his song used six verses from verse 13 so verse 18. Let me read to you verse 13. Moses' song says, Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people who thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strings unto thy holy habitation. 
He used the perfect things. Thou hast guided, accomplished. By reading his song, you could see this man Moses. He realized God's goal of his salvation is his habitation. God's salvation has such a goal. God's dwelling place. Even Moses didn't enter into the land and he didn't see the building up of the temple, but he was there. Building up the tabernacle, he saw this. The tabernacle was established, was erected, was built under his hand. Yes, baptism saves people out of the world into a new realm for God's purpose. That is the building up firstly of the tabernacle, then eventually the temple. Both the tabernacle and the temple were just God's dwelling place on this earth. Before that time, God's dwelling place was never on this earth. God didn't get a place on this earth to set up his dwelling place until he secured such a redeemed people. And people that have been redeemed and also have passed through the Red Sea and entered into a realm of separation, full of freedom, then God began to have a dwelling place on this earth. This is God's goal. And this man Moses, no wonder the Bible called him a man of God. He knew God's heart. He knew God's will. He knew God's goal. God's goal was not only to save his people out of tyranny. God's goal was to have a people on this earth that his dwelling place might be built. Moses picked up three kinds of expressions to describe the same one thing. God's habitation, the sanctuary. The church today is a place for God to dwell in. And the church today is God's sanctuary. Brother Francis, we've seen that in Exodus 15, the children of Israel entered into the Song of Moses following their Red Sea baptism experience. What are the various points covered in this marvelous song, and what can we realize from it about the goal of God's salvation? Well, it's, of course, not in my mind to keep all those points so clear, but I do know that this was a wonderful song, probably written by Moses and sung by all those people on the shore of the Red Sea. And first of all, they were praising God for his salvation and for his victory. The salvation, of course, was for God's people, and the victory was over God's enemy. And that's a glorious thing to be able to sing about. Once you come to Christ— and you uh, experience this kind of separation from the world and all of Satan's temptations, you realize that uh, there's lots to sing about. So that song included that. But it also included the fact that the children of Israel would go through this wilderness and would defeat all the enemies. And the different enemies are even categorized there. They're spoken of as being afraid and to being sorrowful and to being amazed and even trembling 
and that all the inhabitants of this land would be dispossessed when the children of Israel came into the good land. In this hymn, you're seeing a lot of prophecy of what's going to happen because this is only at the end of their crossing the Red Sea, but the hymn goes on to what God's intention is for them for the next so many years. And that is that they would be building God's habitation. And even the hymn ends with the fact that they will be planted as God's people, an organism to grow up on Mount Zion, on the height of Mount Zion. So God's intention in all this and his purpose is he would have a a people that could be his habitation on the earth. Well, Francis, this uh, opens up, of course, really the aim and object of the book of Exodus, and uh, we're out of time today, but uh, this is a good foretaste of where we're headed in these coming life study messages. This touches the heart of God and the purpose of God and is really, as I said, the focus ultimately of the book of Exodus. I'd like to thank Francis Ball for being with us again today. I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. We have these recorded studies on every book of the Bible, available to you online, free of charge. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. You can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or add them to your podcast subscriptions, all at no charge. Once more, the website, lsmradio.com. To contact us, send email to radio at lsm.org or call us at one triple eight life study that's 888-543-3788 thanks for listening today